Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? This episode is powered by Wise Wellness Guild, a platform aimed at advancing women. WISE connects you to women and minority-owned wellness experts, brands, and wellness services. Visit the link in What The Fit Instagram bio or the show notes and become a member for free today and gain special perks at WISE Wellness Guild, your women's wellness authority. My guests today own a design and development company that balances owning and renovated properties with designing spaces and brands. Around Cincinnati, they're best known for the newest hotspot, Bar Say So, a European-inspired experience that provides a vacation-like atmosphere. Or, to put it in simpler terms, it's a vibe. Their talents expand far outside the quaint little bar, though. Please welcome Mike Guilfoyle and Christy Wolfson. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> welcome. That was so sweet. Thanks for having us. <laughs> I always say, I'm like, I can like print it out and... and put it on your mirror if you want as like a little mirror <laughs> message every morning. Okay, we have so much to talk about because essentially this podcast is about cool people doing cool shit and I can't think of two cooler people who are doing cooler shit. So I really see this conversation flowing in like three parts. This is the agenda for the conversation, okay? Love it. The first is that you two both have insane career stories. So I was reading the website of like the story of the careers, right? And like just a few things that like stood out to me, right? Okay, New York, LA, sure, that's fine. Uh, SpaceX, Dr. Dre, DreamWorks, like <laughs> casual, casual things there. <laughs> so we have to unpack all of that. And also I wanna talk about how fitness plays a role in your lives, right? Like Mike, you fucking trained for the Olympics, okay. Christy, I know how important movement is to your self-care practice. So, want to go into there's that? There's no following up. Tra- he there's no, the there's no following up. She owns sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to dance. No, it's equally as important. Are you kidding? But then also need to talk about opening a bar restaurant, bar restaurant industry in the middle of a pandemic, and what it's like to create something and get it going in Cincinnati. And see, I only know you guys in the context of, of Say So. And, like, that would be enough if that's all you did, right? Like, that would be enough. Say So's the coolest spot. It's the perfect, like, intimate conversation spot. And you can Aww. both, you can both like, have this, like, cozy vibe of, like, this windows are steamed up and it's, like, there's snow falling. But then also when the sunlight is, like, pouring in, it's, like, fresh and bright. You guys, I'm obsessed. Everyone's obsessed. <laughs> so we'll get into that. Okay, but let's Thank start you. with like career stories. Who wants to go first? Michael. <laughs> All right. I will if you want. Go ahead. Yeah, no, whatever. You go. Um, sure. Jump S- into it. Where do we jump in? Where? Okay, so you're from Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Um, I grew up in Anderson Township. Okay, great. Um, Good start. Yep. 
Wholesome boy. Wholesome Anderson boy. Wholesome Anderson boy. <laughs> um, I began, um, I was kind of like an always like crazy little kid. Sure. That makes sense for you. And instead of my mom like telling me not to do things, she just wanted me to be, be safe. And I was like trying to like flip and jump and build bike ramps and just do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. So she's like, after, you know, broken bone number three, she's mm-hmm. like, start jumping into a pool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, <laughs> smart mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she didn't try to. She didn't try to punish me. She's like, "How do I just like focus? Focus this energy into something that's positive, and kind of keeps you out of trouble." Mm-hmm. And so um, I spent a lot of time at the pool at our local swim club. Yeah. And uh, you know, at a young age, I, I found that I, I kind of had a natural talent for diving, which led me into. Uh, a crazy life and opened up a ton of doors for me. So that's kind of... So diving was like the catalyst? Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, diving was just such a different... Um, I guess, uh, as far as as far as far where I came from, we were kind of, you know, a working class family. Yeah. It's not like we didn't have anything, but we didn't have, like, crazy access to everything. Sure. Well, diving was kind of like a pretty affluent sport, like country club sport. Yeah. Um, Right. It's not that popular. It's not that popular. Um, It's really kind of like, you know, you have like a local like country club or someone that kind of excels you, but it's kind of more of like an, you know, an affluent Uh sport. Uh Um, So I got to brush shoulders with kind of people that were out of my Got it. Out of your league. Yeah. Out of my, yeah, for sure. (laughs) At a young age, and and I realized this. Um, and it kind of opened up a lot of opportunities, you know, college, get to go wherever you want, like pick and choose, like Olympic training, um, nationals, like the whole nine. So it kind of just opened up this door for me Mm -hmm. to kind of like learn what the other side of the tracks were and like, you know, kind of focus at a young age, like, Hey, like. I like the way this is better than <laughs> kind of, you know. Right. You can like see the other side. Yeah. Like across the bridge. So Because you weren't a country club kid. I think that. <laughs> no. Like you were just a super talented kid who got to be propelled into that world. I yeah. Think so I, sort of yeah. I was thrown into this world and it just kind of opened my eyes into another world at a, like a very young age and even like travel and experience. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you're on the national level, you get to go to you know, Europe and South America and Australia oh, and Asia okay. and all these crazy places. Yeah, this is like a level I'm like not even familiar with. Well, I never right. would have been able to do that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like um, immediately I'm like, okay, cool. Like I want to pursue this thing because this is the key to other things. Yep. Well, I guess it came down to, um, you know, college time. Everyone's kind of picking and choosing while I'm having like recruitment uh, trips, mm. all these places. And I end up going to University of Arizona. Why did you go there? They had the number one program at the time oh, for, for diving. diving and swimming. Yeah. How did you know that you, like, when did you first know, like, I'm good at this? Um, I didn't. So, I mean, it's a kind of a string of, like, crazy luck. There was this local pool um, that I used to just kind of, like, kind of play on the diving boards. Yeah. And they, you know, I would spend hours there and just. Just, like, flipping and shit? Yeah, just, like, yeah. like <laughs> I'm a little kid. I'm going to yeah. see how many times I can flip until I hit the water. And yeah. some guy uh, basically approached my mom, like, hey, we need to take this to the next level. There, mm. There's some real talent. I was little, though. I mean, I was six or seven. Oh, yeah, wow. And I remember, like, we, we had this conversation. My mom's like, hey, like, they're kind of willing to give you this opportunity. We don't have to, you know, they're going to help us out. And yeah. we're going to figure it out. And I, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> no, like, I just want to, like, ride my bike and, like, yeah play like and she's like you know 
so we kind of like decided not to do it at that young of an age. And then like every year we kind of had like the same opportunity. We'll find out the guy that was trying to recruit me was the 96 Olympic coach um, that took like Becky rule to the Olympics in Georgia. And she was local to Cincinnati. So it was like his, his, his Becky rule days were over. And now he was trying to find like the new, the new younger generation. So I was part of, I was, yep. I was part of that. Um, Luckily enough, and it kind of just, like, one thing led to another, Uh and um, I just kind of entered, like, local competitions, and then, like, regional and national, I just, like, kind of started doing very well. When you're training for diving, like, what are, what's, like, the cross-training look like? Are you working on strength? Are you working on, like, mobility? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's so it's, it's like, like a gymnastics. Combat. It, it is. It's like dry land. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. do a lot of trampolines, a lot of foam pit, um, like a lot of like belt work, and uh-huh. then like basically like Pilates, like yes. core. Wow. Okay. Um, upper cool. body. It's like a, a, almost like a a dancer routine mixed up with like a gymnast routine. Yeah. So you well, kind you of have like, to, like do a handstand before you start, right? If you're gonna if you choose to go like the platform route and not. The I s- love watching diving in the Olympics. Yeah, it's so fun. I feel like I forget every time until you watch. And you're like, the Olympics how or whatever, you're like, far are you up in the air? Well, and you're walking out to the end of the diving board, way up there, and then starting out, you're just like flip upside down. No, and, and you have like the tiniest little splash when you get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, I know we're all locked up, and even when we do go out, it's absolutely not the same as the good old days, like you're back on spring break, grinding away in a sweaty club. But you can get that same beat-bumping energy in a dark room. I'm talking about a Shred 415 workout. You've heard Jess and Bassie on the podcast. You've heard me rave about this workout. It's time you experience it for yourself. Quick rundown. It's a 60-minute workout, instructor-designed and led, to empower you and keep you working hard. The workout is broken into four 15-minute increments, alternating between the tread and the floor. So there's no way you're getting bored. The owners, Jess and Bassie, are incredible people, so you know that you're stepping into an inclusive fitness community that's welcome and open to all fitness levels. Shred 415 is located on Red Bank Expressway near the corner of Red Bank and Madison Road. Go check them out with their new client offer, buy one class, get one class free, and tell them what the fit sent you. I'm going to start incorporating classes into my weekly routine because I'm really missing that little cardio pump. So I hope to see you on the decks and treads soon. Yeah, so fast forward, um, I'm at University of Arizona and... Uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't know um, how most people feel about this, but my experience with the NCAA was awful. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. I was in the Olympic training programs and Olympic development, like, all through high school, and it was so positive. It was, like, setting goals, nutrition, like, how do you be the best kind of you can be? Yeah. And, like, really overcome obstacles. And then you get into this, like, college zone where they like Mm. they're giving you money or like they're paying for your education so you're a product to them all of a sudden at least that's how i feel yeah i can see that um so i get to college they're just like win 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 and like i had in i had uh, prior injuries um of course with wrist my wrist and after like a few months of kind of being there i i 
kind of rehash these injuries and i was like hey i'm hurting they're like trying to pump cortisone and i'm like mm, no it's like what you see on tv right they're just like just shoot them up before they go out like it's fine just keep going bandage up that broken knee just like get out yeah. there like the gymnast story wasn't there something recently that came out not the sexual assault part but more so of just like we don't care if you're injured we don't care if you're sick just go yeah yeah i mean it's it's kind of it, it felt awful. I mean, I was so disconnected uh, my first year of college, just like from the college experience and the NCAA and just like it, it got a little kinky and weird. Yeah. I was just like, I, I'm good on this. You're done. Uh, yeah, I had an injury. I couldn't really um, do like perform and I wasn't going to I wasn't in contention for the Olympics at that mm. point. I was the year before um, and I had an injury, so I missed that. Damn. Um, so I kind of missed I missed my window at least what I thought was my window, and I was kind of ready to move on. Yeah. And the whole college, like, life, I, I picked school not for academics. I picked it for a sport, yep. which I actually totally regret. Because oh. <laughs> um, I probably would have stayed and, like, kind of gone through the whole thing. But basically, fast forward, I finished a semester of college, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm not going back. I'm done, yeah. I'm done. I'm yeah. like, I'm good on this. It's There's other me. things I want to pursue. And to be honest, I like design and music and, you know, throwing parties. And none of that's secure. Like, yes. I don't need a degree. Totally. <laughs> so I made, like, the tail between the legs phone call to my mom. Like, mom, you're going to kill me. All this opportunity that has been, like, you've Laid sacrificed for. Like, everything that has been, like, built in. Like, you know, all this opportunity and luck or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm giving it up. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of the hardest phone calls. What was her reaction? Well, I mean, my mom's super cool. She's way like cooler than I am. If I had a kid that said that to me, I'd be like, uh, hell no. <laughs> You're going back to school <laughs> like you little idiot. Yeah. And she was just like, well, what's your plan? Mm -hmm. And I kind of told her, I was like, hey, like. I'm going to go throw parties. That's yeah, fun. I was like, I am actually kind of good at DJing that I'm finding out in college. Like <laughs> I'm spending most of my time like spinning parties and I'm getting paid and I'm 18 and I kind of want to just see where this takes me in the whole music thing. And she's like, well, like, when, when's your date? Like, wh if if you're at a certain point in your life and you're unhappy, like, when do you go back to figure it out? I'm like, 25. Okay. I was like, I'll go back at 25. Your brain's finally fo fully formed at that point. Yep. So, great. <laughs> 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 pretty much. Pretty much. So, I, I'm 18 years old, and I landed in the middle of Los Angeles. And I'm like, of course you do. I'm going to figure this out Yeah. because I have to, because I gave up everything and like this huge opportunity, I better do something with my career. Yeah. So I'm like basically out there. I don't know anybody mm. like there's, you just moved there. You would just have any contact, any job lined up. I had a friend in high school. Um, and before I went to college, him and I were like playing a lot of music and he wanted to get out of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And I just called him. I'm like, Hey man, like, can you figure it out if we get out there? Like, I put a security deposit on a, an apartment, sight unseen, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I need someone to do this with me. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we go out there, and, like, we bring nothing because we weren't sure how long we are going to be there, if mm -hmm. we, like, yeah. what was going to happen. So we had, like, a backpack and, like, a sleeping bag. And we had an apartment, but we were, like, urban camping. Like, we were sleeping bags in the apartment. Yes. 18 <laughs> years old, like – just oh, eating. Oh, I can picture it. Yeah, just <laughs> eating like street tacos pretty much. Like, okay, we got two bucks. I can get a taco right now. Like, great. Yeah. So, like, we're out there um, and we both have a huge passion for music and now we got to figure out careers because mm. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything and his mom, his parents were 
you know, really hard on him because he dropped out as well. Yeah. And he actually, you know, ended up not being out there very long because he was like, I need to get back. He There was a lot of pressure. He and didn't it was, make it. It's tough. I, yeah, it is yeah, it's, tough. It's tough. You kind of, kind of, you have to, it's when you get out there and you don't know anybody and everything's so expensive and you don't have a job, you're like, you're just kind of like, oh shit, how do I survive? Yeah. And you're like in a sea of mil- a million other 18 year olds also that are into music, trying to make it, trying to like break into the industry. Everybody. Right. Everybody is trying to do <laughs> something there. Everyone in LA is someone. Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> going to help you and they never do. Yeah. And you just go through this. And after the first like three times, you're like, well, I guess I have to figure it out. You yeah. know, like, I have to do this. I cannot rely. Yeah, so we, uh, or basically, I was I was out there with my friend. I just started going to every single thing that had to do with movies or music or any business, and I was just like knocking on the door, like, "Hey, I've never been here. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I need a job, or I have to go home." And I remember the best advice I ever got, and I don't know if if I. At the time, it was the best advice, or at least it seemed like it clicked when I got this advice. Yeah. But I talked to this guy on the phone. And he said, don't you know that you have to be in here? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not. He's like, yeah, but get a phone number from Beverly Hills. Oh. He said, make sure your personal phone number is from Los Angeles. Yeah. He said, people will call you back. You will get a job faster. Wow. That is good advice. Yeah. And and I didn't really think about it. And he's like, no, it's like a city of insiders. He's like, it's really hard to break through. He's like, don't call people with a, you know, Ohio number. He's like, go get a different number give up, start over. And I was like, I thought about it for a couple of days. I was like, let's just try this. And as soon as I did that, like, honestly, that it's one ca- small shift. That one small that shift. Anybody could do, right? Yeah. Well, actually <laughs> kind of not anymore, but <laughs> not, any- right? yeah, not it's any- kind of hard to get the, yeah. So I did that. And then I just started calling. I had a list of basically recording studios mm. that I wanted to work at. And so you wanted to go into music. Was I, design uh, like on your brain right now at all? So design was totally on my brain all through high school okay. that's what i wanted to do I, w- I went to school to be a graphic designer got it okay and while i was there i like really started making good money djing mm. and i'm like okay 18 this year old the kid money's coming in. Yeah. yeah i'm like this yeah. is where the money's coming in They're like this is cool i'm I, I was more on the studio side i wanted to i wanted to work in recording studios yeah but djing was how i was paying the bill so yeah. every once in a while like in the first you know year or two in Los Angeles like I was DJing probably six times a month and like being able to pay for everything so like six days of work and just you're just going to parties like is this just a house party is this like at a at no a this is like res- residencies at bars like okay. I had a residency when I was like before I could get into bars like I was uh oh DJing at this place called El Centro and I was 19 and I was their resident DJ for Thursdays for you know two wow. years okay cool cool so I got into that um and then I just had like this wish list of places that I wanted to work. Mm. And uh, I just started calling them once a month, every single place. I had a list of 12 places. And like for, you know, three, four, five months, I don't even know how long it was. No one cares. Yeah. One day you get the phone call and you're like, oh my God. I remember I was in Arizona, actually. I was going back. I was dating a girl that was still at U of A. I went back. I got the phone call and it was Paramount. Oh, wow. And they're like, Hey, it's Megan, the studio manager. Like, you call me all the time. Like, come in for an interview. And then after that, every other studio started. I got the, it was like within a week, all of them had called me. It was like something crazy had Damn. happened where, like, all the, like, the work of just like getting told no. Right. I just, it, like, like, it was I like just the didn't accept it. It was like the formula of like, you did, you put in the time and like, now it was starting to come in. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that led to studio life, mm-hmm. which kind of like changed a lot for me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like not like getting out of the gig to like now I have a career mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing, which mm-hmm. uh, in LA is a huge deal. Yeah, like right. once you out have of the that gig like economy. Yeah. yeah, out of the gig economy, as soon as you're out of that in Los Angeles, like and you have a real like set job with a schedule and like everything you're you're kind of in a good place to figure out your next move yeah so that kind of opened a ton of doors yeah do you know what time it is it's hot yoga time it's hot yoga season baby get yourself into a hot room with 102 degrees 40 percent humidity get that mood boost forget all about the ice and cold you're basically transported right to tulum if you're looking for high energy hot fitness Get Yourself to Body Alive, an OG in the Cincy fitness scene. Body Alive offers more than just hot power yoga. They have classes like hot body sculpt, hot mat pilates, bar, bounce, cycle classes, and more. You know me, I'm a big fan of hot power yoga and have been craving a cycle class lately, so I'll be hitting them up real soon. Instructors can make or break a group fitness experience. We all know that. Body Alive has experienced instructors that will motivate you, focus on proper alignment, and be there for you through every sweaty minute. No matter where you are in your fitness journey or where you are in Cincinnati, there's a place for you at Body Alive. They have four studios in the Cincinnati area, Kenwood, Oakley, Mason, and Crestview Hills, and an online studio. Click the link in the What The Fit Podcast Instagram bio to sign up for a class today. Get yourself in that hot room. You know you want to. Body alive. Go sign up now and make sure you let them know what the fit sent you. So then how how did the design, like, what the, f- you're building studios for Kanye West. Like, what the fuck, Mike? How, like, what happens? It's a lot. A lot <laughs> happened. So, I mean, it's just like uh, one crazy story. Is it like story. one thing happens and which just like opens this little door into this universe of like all these different kind of connections? That's what it felt like yeah. for me. Um, once you're in, you're kind of in. Got it. Once you have one person on your resume, you, I mean, I, I don't know how yeah. you feel about that in Los Angeles, but uh, it feels I like. I mean, our Los Angeles, we ha- couldn't have more opposite. <laughs> yeah, like, you've told me that before. stories. <laughs> like, you know, you I, got I, in I spent and then 10 you years in LA going. and would still like be that person where the, you know, you're in the restaurant sitting directly across from like five celebrities the whole time and I walk out and my friend's like, did you see that with so-and-so? No. Like, I just am like, so in my <laughs> Okay, wait. Well, let's just yeah. jump right real quick to you, Christy, yeah. to k- kick us off with what your thing and how you, then how, bring it to like how you guys got going together. And, like, so it's funny because we were both at U of A and didn't know each other. Mm. Like we both, I'm from Vermont originally, so equally kind of random to end up in Los Angeles and, um, or even, or even Arizona at that. Yeah. And so we were both there at the same time. Um, I was more just motivated to get out of cold weather which is funny now here I am and we're sitting exactly. with like a foot of snow um but anyway so I went to U of A I studied communication I did a kind of make up your own minor so that I could take all the art classes and kind of design things mm. that I wanted um and I wanted to get into marketing which I did I mean I graduated in 2009 when everything was a shit show yeah. Um, my sister's boyfriend, my younger sister who had transferred to Arizona, um, as well. She had a boyfriend out there who's from New York, whose mom had a small agency in New York. Um, 
and I find this out like a month before graduation when everybody is like, no one's going to get jobs. Who's, you know, Mm -hmm. they're basically just re-enrolling everyone directly into grad school at that point being like, don't bother leaving. Yeah. No, I graduated (laughs) in 2010 and that's exactly what my mindset was like, well, I'm just going to go to grad school because I don't even want to try to fucking deal with this. Yeah. I remember the, like one of the chairs of the grad department being like, Chrissy, you need to stay. Like you'll do well in grad school. Like da da da. And I was like, I that's great. Thank you. I need to get out of school for yeah. a second. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was truly only a second. Like I went to New York. I worked in um I worked in like a communication firm that did um advertising for pretty big clients, but mm-hmm. I was on the account side. So, you know, I'm dealing with clients, I'm helping build campaigns and mm-hmm. doing strategy and yeah. things like that. But I can't make anything. Right. You know, I have Not ideas like the cre- for the visual yeah. side of stuff, but I don't know Photoshop. I don't know, mm. you know, I don't have the tools. So that's when I decided to go back to design school or go back to school for design. And at that point, and this I'm, you know, sort of the most grateful for of all, somehow instead of doing graphic design, which is the immediate tool I needed to keep going with marketing, Mm -hmm. I was like, if I'm going back to school, I'm going to do interior design because I'll learn graphic design while I'm doing that. Okay, yeah. And I like, you know what I mean? Like it's just one notch kind of bigger. And I always liked spaces and, you know, and I saw more overlap there with communication too as far as, my communication sort of curriculum, because you could choose a lot of different ways about mm-hmm. it, but a lot of it was more like proper social science, like, you know, studying the senses yes. and like coming up with like, right. can we predict people's behaviors yes. and all oh, of that? So like less the practice of with public speaking and, you know, all that stuff, which is cool too. Um, so anyway, I was like, okay, with interior design and with spaces, I can maybe like blend these things. So I went to, I ended up in LA to go to design school. Mm-hmm. I went to the Art Institute, um, which was in Santa Monica. Because of course I was like, if I'm going, Goodbye, I'm beach. going straight to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> right. Every single person yeah. who's not from LA, of course. Of you're course. like, <laughs> I was like, I am going to be west of Lincoln. Yeah. And then I got there and I was like, okay, maybe west of Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe west of La Cienega. Like, yeah. you keep going, yeah. like, more and more inland <laughs> with the price tags yeah. of yeah. your apartments. Um, yeah, so I got to L.A. and was kind of reverting after having, like, a brief moment of, like, full-time working professional world mm-hmm. in New York to, Back okay, to I'm a student suit, again. Yeah. I'm, like, working at the coffee shop. I'm yeah. riding my bike. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, yeah, and my, I mean, I instantly loved L.A., um, but I was so, I was so removed from any sort of scene or like, mm, you know, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, not right. being involved in the you're industry not the there. Like, it's not, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Paramount never called me. I mean, they might've picked up catering from a yeah. cafe I worked at <laughs> yeah. at some point. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. What's the trajectory that got you two together then? So... Well, you talk about Zalmec for a second, and then I'll jump in okay. and talk about, like, getting to... All right, so, step back. Okay, mm-hmm. working the studio life, mm-hmm. it's great. I meet every single, like, pop music artist, okay. work with cool. great people, um, and then I started working for a specific uh, label, uh-huh. um, and it was a lot of work, yes. and it was, like, 16 hours a day. And I did that for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just so burnt. Burnout. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're living someone else's dream. It's cool. 
Um, you're like making, or you're helping to make the music that then this one person is getting all the credit and fame and glory for. Well, okay, yes, but there's even a layer on top of that. So I'll. I'll try to be humble here, but okay. okay. So I got I started with Paramount. Please don't. We don't want you to be humble. Give us the fucking juice. Okay. So I started with Paramount, right? First day I was at Paramount. Paramount gets a call. So Paramount owns a ton of recording studios yeah. around Los Angeles. Private ones, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, high end client needs an engineer. Mm-hmm. It's my first day. They're like, Hey, we don't have much work for you around here. Go over there. Okay. I show up. It's Aftermath Records, and it's Dr. Dre. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's great. You just step into Dr. Dre's recording studio. So, <laughs> that's kind of, I started, I just jumped right in, because yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, right. this is this is it. Like, this is it. Okay. Well, I worked on an album that never came out, mm. <laughs> and like two something years of him just making music and music and just never putting out his third album, which is like still anticipated, and I worked on it. And I was just, like, so fed up. It was just so much work. and Right, like, you're, like, getting, there's, like, not any return then, reward of, like, people are listening to this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like if the third album dropped, that story would have been awesome. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> looking back on it, I'm like, man, I should have jumped ship earlier, but I was so, like, lost mm. in, like, that moment. Like, oh, like, this is it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and after a while, you're like, you. it's really blinding because mm-hmm. you're like, this is why you come here. Yeah. Like, you're in, can see that. you're in this, you're hanging out with people, like, brushing shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, people are buying Lamborghinis in cash in the par- recording studio parking lot, and you're like, this is the coolest yeah, thing ever. Yeah, of course. And how yeah. old are you? Uh, I'm, like, 24 at yes, this point. Yes, of 23, course. Like, 24. it's a, such a dream. Yeah, so, th- I get super burnt out, right? So, I was on call, and I was working more than, like, m- most doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended. Dr. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I was on call, and it was it would be 16-hour days, and we, I'd go home, and I lived so far away from the studio. By the time I got home, I would get a call back, and, like, another, like, I would sleep for three or four hours and get called back in. Yeah. So, after a while, um, I shifted gears and wanted to kind of use the design and, and marketing background that I had. Yep. So, I started kind of doing – I started a, a – a marketing ag- a branding and marketing agency that was specific- specifically for musicians. Okay, cool, got it. And we started throwing basically parties, record yep. releases, music videos. Amazing. Um, so I started that because I'm like, I'm, I'm good at this. This is what I want to do for work. Like music is a passion. Like I don't want to do that full time. Mm-hmm. I want to like work on marketing and advertising and branding and design and just still work within the music field. Well, you know, you get a couple of clients in music and then other people from different industries start asking you to do stuff. Yes. So after uh, five years, I had created this company. And funny enough, so the day I created this company was th- uh, my 25th birthday, which was when I was supposed to go back. There's your timeline. To college. Yeah. <laughs> so on you're my like, 20. Call uh, mom. You're like, I yep. think I'm okay. Yep. <laughs> 25th birthday. It was uh, what? two. It was about to be 2010. We incorporated in 2010. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that was it. I was like, okay. I have a company. It's like a real thing. Like we have, we're marketing all this stuff. And I did that for, for five years. Fast forward. Um, I have like this entertainment branding agency that's getting hired to do like awesome campaigns for Mini Cooper and Sonos and like just really, really cool, like small boutique, um, branding agency that got the attention of this bigger global tech company. Okay. 
they approached me and said, hey, we have a really cool product. We're not very cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you're in entertainment. This is what I'm literally dreaming of. <laughs> Someone just comes to me and they're like, I'm not that cool, but you are. Can you make me cool? And I'd be like, yes, I can. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. And, and I didn't know... I didn't know anything about this company. Um, and I got called in and it's like an engineering company. I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know anything about this. I'm like, I was an audio engineer. Like I know how to like yeah. make stuff, but like electrical engineer, like you guys are like talking about like components and like all these like semiconductors and crazy stuff. I'm like, yeah. how do I help you? And he was like, <laughs> I remember the CTO, um, in the interview is like, well, what do you do? He's like music. And he like takes me to this room full of synthesizers. And he's just like, well, to put it in perspective, this is kind of what we do. Like wow. we like we make electronics. Like this mm-hmm. is the engineers behind like every cool product. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I can get behind this. I'm yes. like, I see the connection. So basically, um, he talked me into coming on board to their company and bringing like my team with them. Got so it. Kind of like was it like an acquisition type of deal or yeah. merger? Or yeah, yeah, Acquis- no, it was. Yeah. It was it, they're, I mean, they're huge. They oh, okay, so they bought you. Yeah, up. yeah, 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 and uh, but kept you on. Yeah, so yes, um, yeah, I became the creative director for that company and built their internal brand agency to deal with all of their like global marketing and okay. advertising. Okay, cool. And Very so great. fast forward. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we are doing a redesign and building a uh, design lab in Pasadena, California, and Christie's company, the architecture firm that she was working for, was hired to do it. Oh, I see. So it was the a client relationship, right? You guys right. met, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, my my sort of path up until that, like that six year span that we just <laughs> went through, yeah, right? You know, he's he's. Working for Dr. Dre nonstop, you are. <laughs> right. I'm somehow getting out of school. Yeah. <laughs> no. Found a job. I joke that, like, I did the school for the both of us because mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. two bachelor degrees. <laughs> <laughs> super, super great for the student loan situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, um, I had gotten a internship that turned into a job while I was still finishing up school um, working for a commercial design firm that mostly did workplace. Um, so we were designing like headquarters for cool brands. That's where like the DreamWorks and yeah. that type of thing started where, you know, we would get brought in to do the headquarters for creative companies oh, and so cool. meet with their CEOs and try so to learn fun. about how they want to work and come up with cool, you know, concepts for them and stuff like that. So I started out in the library, which for those who haven't been in a design agency, like interiors and architecture firms have these big libraries with every material you can think of. It's like of. a database to choose from. Yeah, it's yeah. a physical library, yes. like your library of books, except for you've got hundreds of carpets, hundreds of tiles, hundreds of samples of paint, you know, anything yep. anything you can think of, marble, like mm-hmm, everything that goes mm-hmm. in the space. And so my job was to meet with reps, keep that updated, kind of clean it, which is a huge joke to anybody yeah. who knows me I'm like the least organized most all over the place person I would not get that from you you do not give off that vibe that is how I landed myself the job <laughs> of keeping things tidy and yeah. I loved meeting with the reps I loved learning about the products yes and I was really good at putting together finished palettes mm. which you know I was in a firm that was doing hundreds of projects at once and they would be going to put together a presentation and need you know three versions of some mm. concept mm-hmm. and so I spent all day doing that like actually just wiggling onto projects yeah. and zero time. I mean, I don't know how many times I brought 
boxes and boxes of materials that were meant to be reorganized and put on the shelves, just like directly to the dumpster. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, those are done now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. I just somehow managed to not get fired yeah. at that job before I got promoted to actually doing, you know, I mean, it's a good lesson in that, like do the job you want to do. Yes. yes. But there's like a little gamble factor there right, too. Right. No, you, I love you that. You can't drop the ball too much. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of launched me into really kind of workplace design as sort of a specialty. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a couple of firms um, doing that before. Same kind of story to a certain extent where like that burnout comes mm. where, you know, the amount of responsibility doing God, just these giant projects and they last two years and, you know, yeah. and you're figuring out, I mean, everything's shifting throughout the whole course of the project. Like, you know, we're doing a project for Disney at one point where, we were merging several different offices into one and it was going to be 2000 people. And we're also moving them to, you know, a situation where people don't have assigned desks. And that was the stuff that I thought was super cool. Like what's the future of how people are working and how can we like kind of bring it back to fitness and stuff? Like how can we make people healthier at work? And like those big companies focus on wellness. Yeah. Those big companies in LA are the ones who will actually think about and spend money on, the wellness room, the yeah. you know, well, and then they're setting the tone then for the rest of the the rest of the country to say, hey, here's a model of yes, we're going to work our people seventy hours a week, but yeah, so they can we've do yoga done while they're working. We, exactly, <laughs> we've done the yoga rooms and the like, full on gymnasiums and the like, you know, all of these sort of amenity spaces and stuff, um, which was cool. But you really can just drown in it after right. a certain you're point. You're designing spaces to and help people stay well while you're. And for me, without, since, you know, I mean, at some point you're learning about the future and like all the cool ways that you can work. And then you're going into an office that if it's not, if you're not, you know, walking the talk, Uh if you will, you're like, what? What yeah. am I doing here? Like, right. we're like, like, I'm going in and selling that I know how to make people happy at work. And then I'm going into my actual job and, and I'm miserable because our space isn't up to par and, you know, Right. all of the sort of um, psychology behind it and mm. all of that stuff oh with God, corporate so structures. Yep. And I know you, like, you know, we've all kind of been in these yes. situations where you're like, everything about this should be great, but mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's something missing. There's yeah. politics or there's, right. you know, whatever. So anyway, at my sort of burnout moment, I found Corey Grocer and Associates. Corey mm. is a really cool product designer in L.A., like trained architect, but like biggest success in sort of furniture design mm. internationally. Um, you can't, if like Europeans don't care about American designers. No, no, you they know, don't. In, in like electronics and things, yeah. yeah. But in furniture and, you know, no one cares. Right, and he managed as like yeah. just this like kid from upstate New York to like make a name for himself in Milan and all this stuff. Oh, cool. And so he was growing his interiors practice that was kind of formally non-existent because he had... Um, this really great client, which was the mm. tech company that Michael was working for. So yes. here so we go. We're comes full circle. You guys yep. meet. Right. So we meet and help um, in a, yeah, in a designer client kind of situation, build out a couple of really cool spaces for his company. Yeah. And you um, realize that you work well together. Yeah. We realize that, that we went? work or well no. together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, kind of. We were honestly, my team was like four people and his team was Five or six people within mm-hmm. hundreds, mm-hmm. but like the little, you know, he was in sort of this world of engineers and then had this little like cool creative pocket and we were, you know, just our own little isolated bubble. Yeah. And so 
our offices were across the street from each other. We are, we kind of were like one team at different companies yep. at times. Yep. We were like on a project yeah. together. That makes sense. I would like work over there sometimes. Like when mm -hmm. I needed a break from our office or like we would just kind of jam out. But yeah. it was kind of the only friends I had because I was in a sea of like heavy tech. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I like this is great, but you right, know, I, I need, need yeah. I need some like creatives and your kind of team was awesome. And I would just conveniently yeah. have to, you know, deliver a material sample whenever right. there was catering in right. their giant office. Right, right, <laughs> you right. Know? Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> so then what was the catalyst? Like, what made you start your company together, brought you to Cincinnati, bar say so, care house, like all of that? How'd that happen? We got drunk at lunch. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. pretty, pretty <laughs> much. End. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Um, one day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Again, it <laughs> was, like, it's one of those. Is this the right idea? <laughs> it was really one of those burnout stories for me again. Um, not burnout, but I, I had put in four years to build, um, you know, what I could at that company. Mm -hmm. And I felt like they were in a place where they could manage it and carry mm -hmm. on. And mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily need me to be there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also very stuck in a digital world. Mm. Like we were doing like marketing and ad campaigns and like all this content and, and with, you know, digital advertising, you have like these, you know, these 48 hour windows yeah. to make something that's relevant. Right. And then you put it out and you measure it in like four hours yes. and you determine whether it's a success or not. Yeah. And then it's on to the next. And it's on to the next. And while that's great because like it is you get addicted to like instant gratification uh, instant gratification you're like oh my god like we're growing we're growing growing after a while you're like okay i've i've made like you know 500 600 pieces of content this year and mm. uh it's all throwaway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to like talk to these guys i'm su i love architecture like if i would have gone back to school that's probably what i would have like yeah. tried to study i don't know if i would have had like the stamina to go to all the, all the school but yeah i was no, like interior design is no joke like i want people to know this is not like an interior decorator my one of my best friends did interior design at miami and it is very rigorous like it's like a five-year program at least there and like they are working all the time yeah it is and not like a lot of a decoration there is like of course there's the fun there's the fun kind of artsy side of it. That's what people think of. And then there's a lot of architecture, architect, yeah. actual architecture, yeah. and drafting and yes. knowledge of code yep. and, you know, yeah. all of that stuff that goes totally. with it. Construction. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, I mean, I, I think that was kind of what, what started. I was like in this mindset, like, oh my God, I can't do digital anymore. Like I'm over it. Mm -hmm. Like I need, <laughs> I want a project. Like I want a project that if I, put enough effort into this project over the next two years, I can make it last another 50 years. Mm. And I, I really wanted to get into um, real estate and development and mm -hmm. play with architecture and buildings. And I basically went out to lunch with Christy and I was like, hey, like where I come from, like there's this like crazy, like little like neighborhood that has yeah. all this beautiful, right. beautiful architecture that's very affordable. Yep. Um, I mean, relative yeah. to anything that's in Los Angeles. Um, and I was like, these buildings are 150 years old and we can make them last another 60 years. Like that sounds so exciting. Yeah. Like that sounds so much more gratifying than just like, uh, and I think press send on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Right. I think too, you started with like, you know, can I shadow your firm? Like I want to learn more about, like I have like, I'm in a position to maybe invest in some real mm -hmm. estate. I'd like to own something by the time I'm 30. You were like coming up on 30 mm -hmm. and, um, 
but I don't know anything about like renovation yeah. or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we talked a little bit about what he actually wanted to do and we're getting excited about it and what the options could be. And I'm like, I can just do this. Like, you don't, you know, like we're talking <laughs> yeah. about, we're talking about 700 square feet. Yes. Like, yes, I think we got this. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just see let's what just we go. can find. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and sh- I mean, Christy, like immediately, like kind of jumped on to my excitement and then we we're just like echoing excitement. And, and obviously like we were drinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We were having, we were having lunch drinks. Like we were having, and I remember the yeah, drink. But you get going in that scene. You're like, we can do, I know that feeling. You're yeah. like, Oh my God, wait, like this is like the momentum is building. We've got ideas percolating. Like t- we can do it. I think we're both also, people who can kind of do that all day and like find ourselves in those moments Mm. all day. And I think one of the, I specifically remember, I don't think one of one of a piece of the conversation was I said, I said to him, we're really doing like, if we're going to keep talking about this, we're really going to do it. Yeah. I can't like, like I've been down this little road so many times Mm -hmm. with friends where we're like, we would be a dream team if we only put our heads together and, you know, tried to do it and we're like let's really do it and i think it was like (laughs) two days later we made an offer on a building yeah it's amazing yeah we're like whatever i was like (laughs) i was like you're you're like ready to do this and and she's like if you make the offer i'll quit my job i'm like okay okay that's not true it felt like that it (laughs) It felt felt like that it feels like that looking back on how fast (laughs) it happened but there's like a good six months in there at least (laughs) but but those decisions uh, sometimes you can't think about them too much you just kind of have to like go for it Yeah. Well, and I I think we also didn't know where it was going to go at the time, too. Like, so we're talking about the carriage house. That was the first building that we bought. Really quick. What's the carriage house for people that don't? Yeah. So the carriage house, um, the carriage house is a little actually former carriage house in OTR or in Pendleton. Um, It is. It's like 700 square feet, two stories. And it had been a little office space. We've actually Mm -hmm. run into quite a few people. I think I think Molly Wellman had an office there. Like there's a lot of industry people who've been like, oh, my gosh, I used to pick up my paycheck there. Oh, my gosh, I used to like it was this little office. But that I mean, that happened a long time before it even went on the market to us. It had been empty for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so it was sort of being marketed as could be residential, could be office. Yeah. and so we put the offer on it right before they announced the FCC stadium build oh. and the whole like Cincinnati, yes. you know, whatever, like team yep. thing. Um, so we almost, you know, we had to kind of fight to make the deal go through, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But fast mm-hmm. forward, the carriage house is a, yeah, it's a, it's a luxury Airbnb that yeah, we it's made. It's a amazing. rental property. It's yeah. so great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and so you got that situated first and like got that going. And before the bar. Yeah, we thought that would be, we thought that could be a side project. Uh. And we really, truly, like, kind of made it that way. Like, we're still living in L.A. Uh We would literally leave Pasadena, go to LAX, Friday night, fly to Cincinnati, spend two days working on it, Monday morning, fly directly back, Uber to our offices. Like, we we did that for a couple months during construction. Wow. Yeah, and then I think um, it kind of got really serious for, like, at least our company. We kind of landed, like, a bigger client. Um, so we started working with this hedge fund in, uh, Beverly Hills that was kind of launching this like boutique hotel brand. Oh yeah. Um, so I saw pictures of that. It looks amazing. Yeah. So that's what kind of launched like Guilfoyle and Wolfson as like a design studio, mm-hmm. um, and was able like to get us away from our other jobs and focus on like our your brand, projects. Our yeah. projects. It yeah. was serendipitous timing too, because I had, I had already quit my job in LA because we we're like, you know what? If we want to do development, we c- we need to be here. That's sort of yeah. what we learned in yeah. the, in the time. Yeah. And what I will say about 
you know, Cincinnati at a first impression level, it was so welcoming and kind of easy to the point that you almost felt like not being here, you're missing opportunities mm. to kind of connect with people mm-hmm. and figure mm-hmm. out what could be next and also sort of do justice to the opportunity of owning something mm-hmm. and being part of the community and all yeah. of that. Yeah. With even something as small as the carriage house, I would come for two days and meet so many people and talk about it. And I go, yeah. you know what? I'm going to just sit in LA and like, yeah. how is this going to keep going? Like, right. how, where's the momentum going to come from right. without somebody here to kind of be the face of it? Yeah. And we knew we wanted to do more after that. Yep. So I had been like, all right, here's my savings. I'm going to sell my car. Yeah. I'm going to come to Cincinnati and see what happens. And while I was still in my like two week, which was really a four week, you know, five, yeah. six week notice period, kind of replacing myself at my old job, this client comes along like, you know, it's like when you jump yep. out of the plane and then yep. you're like, oh, glad that parachute oh showed up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. So then when did you, like, make the decision to, to open the bar? Like, when, when did that happen? That kind of happened, like... I mean, COVID really accelerated that for us. Yeah, I was going to ask. But we'd bought the building before. We'd bought the building. We had no idea. But we had plans to do, like, extra amenities for the carriage house, like, mm. add more event space. Yeah. And we kind of focused on that first because we were going to build that part of it up and then, like, slowly work on the bar. And then everything just, like, shut right, down. COVID was like, what the fuck? COVID just, do? like, kind of just stopped everything. So, like, well, we have a ton of time. And the best way to save money on building a bar is to do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, be the contractors. Right. Like, if you own the building, you can contract it and yeah. pull permits and do everything. Yeah. So, um, we're like, we're here. Let's just, let's just take, you know, let's yeah. just do this. Let's yeah. just do the damn thing. Well, and so you guys are examples of people like Mike, you were from Cincinnati, went away, did really cool things, brought it back to like the home base, which. I see that happen quite frequently. People go to New York, LA, they get this experience, they understand like what's happened and they're like, all right, let's come back and make Cincinnati cool. It's part of this podcast. Like the mission for me is like, this is an amazing city with really great people. Let's showcase that, right? But it also does feel like we're a step behind all the time. Like no matter what, people like cool people are coming here, they want to do cool things, and like we just can't like get up to speed. Yeah. And like we talked about this a little bit at the bar one night of like the limitations around people trying to get shit going in Cincinnati, which I was just fascinated by. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's way trickier than it seems like it would be. I think the, um, I think as far as that sense, and it, you know, you hear it more from Cincinnati natives than anyone else that like, you know, we're five years behind everywhere or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, can't yeah. wait for that trend that I saw to finally get here when I, you know, or right, whatever. Right. Um, There's some quote. We're just like the Mark Twain quote, quote or something. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's, I mean. Please tell me it's not the case. No, what? Well, not with people. Not here, with people. Yeah. Not with people. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. not the people. It's right. No, I don't think it's the people. No. no. People love people love all the same stuff. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's not yeah. like something that's cool in and LA. And we have people the internet don't now. We know cool. what's happening in LA for <laughs> yeah. us to like, sure. be into it. Well, that's accelerated <laughs> so quickly, too. Like, access to information, like, growing up here, like, you know, all like, I've been coming back here. I mean, I've been gone for like 15 years. And like, the first five, nothing happened. Right. And then, like, I come back, like, you know, like, 
more is happening. And then, like, the last, like, five years has oh, just, yeah. like, been crazy. I know. Truly. And, you know, you kind of start to look at, like, why things are going crazy. And, you know, there's obviously, like, city incentive programs yes. and, like, kind of abatements and all these, like, things that you can do to kind of benefit. Like, spur growth. Yes. Yeah. Well, those have kind of, um, at least in my eyes, have kind of, like, slowed down oh. a lot. Um, and the experience that we've had here is just, like, it's really tough to deal with the city. Yeah, the that's tape. what I've the heard. Red, yeah, the red tape is real here. Which is a shame. Which is a shame because there's so many people that could do so many things, and it's just, like, unless you want to jump on, like, the 3CDC boat, like, right. you're not really going to have the support. Right. And, like, while that's not, like... The worst idea, like, I'm not particularly interested in working. Yeah. Well, you know, I, like I don't do think, it myself. Right. You, know? you want to do it yourself. Yeah. And you'd like to think that nonprofits and organizations that are set up like that have a certain target that's someone who needs more help mm-hmm. than we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. we were. You don't want to take on the. Like, yeah. You can't like do it this, on your own. So there let me. are. Right. Yeah. Except for not right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because not right. it turns out you need 10 times as much money as you think you do. And way more connections and jumping through hoops yeah there's just it's it's very very hard to just do the right thing without being able to pull out your checkbook every two seconds and it makes you understand why people do the wrong thing yeah you know right and you find out you start looking around and going well uh, how did that person get that done and how that person get that done right and you realize there's either the same you know, name on the door yes. or whatever that you see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So they're connected. Well, wasn't there just or like a they huge didn't do like it right. arrest like, happening in Cincinnati officials for like doing I fucked know. up shit there's, with money? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's happened here that I think. I need to do an, a What the Fit expose. Yeah. I'm going to get the 3CDC mafia should. out on me. I, just watch <laughs> it. I'll never make it in this town. I'm going to get blue balled. That's it. This, <laughs> this podcast episode is it for me. Well, that's a, I mean, 3CDC is a hard one because, like, you know, during the snowstorm right now, like, I go outside and it's like you see the 3CDC guys are, you know, yeah. they're shoveling. Traveling they're shoveling. Right, right, so, like, right. there's, like, yeah, the no. immediate, like, yes, there's great things, but then there's, like, the, the bigger thing, which, like, you know, all the little great things people are kind of blind to unless you work with them but Mm -hmm. like it's like okay well you kind of have to do it their way or the highway Mm -hmm. to really get anything done because they're getting all the benefits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like well is that really how a city like gets growth yes gets growth like how do we progress at the faster rate that we are right yeah like this is a unique city where the real estate is affordable as Mm -hmm. a business owner you should own the building that you operate out of yeah the fact that that's not the case here is a huge red flag yeah yeah, that's and we point. probably should have seen that just because the reaction that we would get when we tell people like, oh yeah, we you know eat the coffee shop or whatever, like oh yeah. we we just like we own this building, which building? Oh, that blue one right there. We yeah. can point to it, and no one can understand like how? how yeah, and it's true. Like we got it in a unique way. Like it was off market. Mm-hmm. We bought it from our neighbor. We yeah. already had the carriage house. Right, you know right, so. Right. But not because we thought we had to do it that way. It we just, just had our sights set on that building. Yeah. And we went, you know, we did what we needed to do to get it, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. But we didn't realize that that's really rare, you know, because mm-hmm. normally something goes to the market and somebody's trying to do a quick flip and make yep. 10 times more than you'll ever make on it. Right. Unless you're holding on to it for a long time and you just have the cash, you know, yep. or, or, there are, you know, three or four developers in town that get it or 3CDC and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think there's so, I had no idea into this. Obviously I'm like not into this world, but as a person that wants to see Cincinnati move forward and progress, 
where you can almost feel, I don't maybe not like a, a little like embarrassment of like, come on, what's going on? Like, why can't we get it? I know there's great people. I know there's great ideas. And then to be like, oh no, it's fucking just a systemic issue. Great. Yeah. You know? It's too <laughs> it's bad. Like well, and the hard part of, the hard part of these, I think these Rust Belt cities where there was, were so still under their in, like intended population. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. I mean, like look at Cincinnati, all of the buildings that oh, we have. Completely. Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati had, I think still 10 times as many people as there are now. And think about how far we've come yeah. with people living downtown and all of that stuff. Right. Like this is a city that was full that, you know, then went through this like vacancy period mm-hmm. and just talking about like architecture, not even all the social issues around that, yep. you know, buildings went to shit yeah. for lack of a better way of putting it. Right. And, there's no way, like, as far as code compliance, as far as, you know, your fire escape gets rusty, your blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, it makes it almost impossible to come in then and own it without crazy resources because the city is going to come and attack you for every non-compliance issue right. that you have. You can't win. Yeah. yeah. And I'm all for making buildings safe. I mean, it's like 100% all we yeah. try to do. And I would think California would be way harder. I mean, we have seismic concerns. Like, right. you know, you can't you can't hang a chandelier too low because yeah it's gonna kill someone yeah. in an earthquake <laughs> and you're like it's you know it's nuts and i'll tell you it's like yeah, it's harder so, here. so hard <laughs> god well yeah. somehow you yeah. managed to make it happen and you opened the cutest cutest best little bar around town it's <laughs> ex- exclusively where i go out honestly like i finally Aww. think i went somewhere else <laughs> and a lot of times you just because like you guys are at capacity like everyone is obsessed with it <laughs> oh thanks it's really we nice to say you. i mean we only have like 12 seats so it's not like <laughs> <laughs> okay well, but yes thank you <laughs> you had a, you had a great a great neighborhood response like everyone i talk to is is super impressed and it's just a good like, there's no other way to put it it's just like a really great vibe i have people text me all the time they're like where should we go out when we i'm like Say so, say so, say so. They all tell us to, which is so sweet. They're always like, Chrissy sent us. And I'm like, oh, we love her. (laughs) I need to get a discount. I need to get like a discount code. Can I get a discount code? We should. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, let's switch gears a little bit because as part of my self-care routine, like going and having a glass of wine and sitting at the bar at Say So is like 100% a part of my self-care routine and ritual and like what I need to do to like feel good. I need a night out, like to show up in my optimal way, what are some ways that you guys take care of yourselves? Like what are good, what is your like self-care rituals, routines that you have? Do you want to go? You, you can start. Well, I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask a question like this. Uh-huh. and It's, it's my fu- favorite question to ask people. I love to know how people take care of themselves. I feel like it's so unique to every person. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I can kind of speak for both of us in that we're always really into something that's good for us. Oh, yeah. But it's not the same thing. Like, we go through Mm -hmm. phases. Sure. And we, like, go through phases, like, as a team. Like, for us, definitely, we try to break up the day with, like, moving in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, we're borrowing a ping pong table up above (laughs) Say So. And I can't tell you, like, if you're competitive, how much that can actually get your heart rate up, which is pathetic. (laughs) No, I believe it. Uh, and I, yeah, I didn't plan to talk about ping pong with our self care. <laughs> like, it's usually tennis. Like it's this usually, week, it's, it's usually tennis. this week it's skiing. Yeah, yeah when skiing, it's summer, tennis. we play tennis. Yeah. We we run. Like, we got really into running this summer, and we're like, you know, we ran a half marathon like oh, during damn. COVID when we're you know just ourselves. Um, but we're so 
I feel like when you hear people talk about their routine, it really is that. It's a routine. It's like, here's how you do it. Yeah. Every day I wake up and I meditate for 10 minutes and I da-da-da-da-da. And I'm always like, that's amazing. I need to do that. And, and then in reality, I'm like, Does nope, it work for you? I need to yeah. do that for two weeks until I get bored of it and then I need to do something On else. To the next. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, we're extremely competitive, so there's always something. Mm. And like you're saying, but it's never the same thing. That's like, like oh, like... I bet you, like, I can stay on this diet longer, yeah. or I can run a mile under th- before this song's over, or like just like we'll little be like, weight challenges. Loss challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do this. I all love a challenge. I this die for only time. drinking tequila. That yeah. is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no beer. Yes. Yes. No, but it's, it's actually crazy. Like even like with our, you know, some of our bartenders in our team, like everybody kind of gets into it. Like. We have people that are running with us. I, I went skiing this morning with some of mm-hmm. our crew. I'm skiing on Thursday with more of our crew. It's like we kind of all like egg each other on, and we all have like this competitive nature. Um, so it's really kind of fun. We have like we always joke about like the Say So Run Club. Yeah, yeah. Which know? we always like. We intend to formalize mostly as an excuse to make like cool, cool clothing to wear. But <laughs> okay, which you can be in. Please. Yeah. No. We Please just want like do this. we basically just want Say So tracksuits. Oh which my you god. Can't yes. have if you don't go for at least one like team run yeah. can we do like a run walk Is yeah. That okay? yeah no for sure, yeah, for sure. We have I need a tracksuit yeah <laughs> no but even even now like there is sort of a team energy I think where you know like Justin one of our bartenders will run and he'll run right into the bar afterwards so like yeah. tell us how far he ran sit what at the bar new time have is. a water I yeah exactly yeah. And, I love or, that. and guests too like you know we'll mm-hmm. like start to collect people on your little you know apple watch yep, and yep. you can you know we're all kind of kind of competitive but also supportive like hey did you do this this week mm-hmm. you said you were going to yep so it's kind of fun in like mixed in with the obviously like the fun silly drinking culture there is this underlying like everybody kind of keeping an eye on each other right we need to move our bodies this like needs to happen yeah yeah it helps every single thing like I've been cooped up in this house for two days now, mostly because of the weather, but also because I've taken on this new insane job that's just keeping me like glued in that one spot that I'm pointing to. And like I can feel it. Like we had a little I had a little bit of time when I was done working here and I was just I just needed to like roll around on the ground and like put my body in different positions to like reset. Yeah. I just yeah, it's so important. Yeah. It's hard to sit. I will say like kind of tying back to our very weird like roller coaster careers that we've had there is something about working for yourself and having that freedom that like no one can tell you when you have to be in a chair I think that the sort of wellness aspect around that freedom over your schedule I don't think I could ever ever go back I I don't I know that there's it. a salary I or it. a cool enough office no, or once an amazing you taste enough it, mentor. Where you're like, I'm gonna make my schedule. Like I, my life is gonna is gonna be the way that I want it to be. Why the fuck would you go back to any other way? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of reasons. Security. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, but like you said, it's like that is so much more valuable, <laughs> right? Health insurance, probably. Oh, yeah. so yeah. many. So many things. You know, yeah. the catering I've talked about ten times in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> We got to get you some food, Christy. Okay, guys, that's the question. What does being fit mean to you? You can decide who goes first. I mean, f- I can answer. I think it's like, for me, it's kind of just holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. for um, 
whatever your mindset is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like a goal you want to reach or something that you want to do, but just being able to have discipline and holding yourself accountable to actually achieve that. Right, like doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that simple. I was going to say almost the exact same thing. I think it's when you you set a goal for yourself and then you are actually doing what it takes to achieve it. It's Mm -hmm. not even that you've achieved it yet, but you know, like you can see that improvement happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, there's definitely times where I'm like, I might be in that mode of achieving a certain goal and I don't feel fit because it's a certain, you know, it's not a goal that's totally related to that yeah, or yeah. whatever. And then you always get this urge to like revert back and be like, okay, now I need to take care of my body. So I do think there's a physical aspect of it to me in that you can't, like there's no mental, there's no like mental or like scholastic or like intellectual goal that I think you really can do without that some physical Yep. piece of it yep. you know I think we have this tendency all the time like you get sucked into a deadline or whatever and you drop even if you don't have a routine you drop your routine oh I know no I totally I've and said that fall apart, now. and that's my lowest that's for me like when my lowest fitness will be yep. and I may have just achieved like the best thing yeah. in some other way like a you know a work thing or whatever Yeah, but, but if you you're feel sacrificing so that good the day you get back yeah. on the treadmill or the yeah. day you get where you're like alright and I think some like somewhere being on that somewhere between having set your goal and achieving it as long as you're doing it, like right. Well, it just sounds like momentum. Like you got to have some momentum. Like you can't be stagnant of not like doing yeah. anything. No matter what that goal is, no matter what it is. Like at least there's like a movement forward. That's like one of my biggest fears is just being static. Oh God, I know. You know, just like not doing like just being frozen and not being able to do anything. You know, like. R- whatever it is like r- like physically running or like like just moving forward and yeah. progressing like just being like, when that energy is just stale yeah, yeah. it's the worst yeah i mean it's that's probably worst. why we kind of like get into so many different like weird competitions it's just like keeping it even if it's like you know a left turn we can still kind of like yeah have the camaraderie of like you know setting a goal like a random goal and just like being able to accomplish it yeah it just keeps you fucking going in yeah. life yeah, Especially and when you right have, now. when you have momentum and you recognize that, you also, when you've been through enough kind of up and downs, you know, like you don't always have it. No, like there's times where you're like, not at all. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I want to come up with this creative idea, or I want to run ten miles. Like mm-hmm. it's not happening. It's today. not happening. Yeah. And so when you have those kind of experiences and you can kind of just deal with it, you know, when you do have the momentum. Again, back to kind of having that freedom over your schedule mm-hmm. that not everyone has. But, like, when you feel that momentum in a certain direction, like, we'll drop everything else yeah. to, to stay on it. Because you don't know when it will go away. No, you know? absolutely. Yeah. That's, the, that's the worst feeling, of feeling that I'm kind of in right now. It's like I just have so much to do that every kind of second of my day has to be filled with something. I'm kind of slotting it. Well, if I slot, like, this is the time that I am need to write or I need to, like, do my podcast notes or I need to do a presentation where I need to, like, draw on that creative energy. It's not there. And I'm, like, I fucking just have – like, you have to, like – Yeah, you have to force Force it. yourself. And it's yeah. the worst feeling. It really feels like you're, like, trudging through mud. But so I'm how do you think you don't? How do you think – because, I mean, we can say – Oh, quit your job and no, work right, for no, yourself. I, but that's so not a real reality. Right. And there's so many great opportunities in, you right. know, like what do you think you do? I mean, br- what I'm telling myself right now is like this is this is a a block of time, a moment and a moment of time. It's not going to be forever. Like I'm not yeah. going to be doing this forever. 
And I just think that the the fact, the muscle that I have to flex to force myself to do something when it's not there will help me in something else down the road. There will be a there will be a time elsewhere related or unrelated to like a creative flow or block where I'm going to have to do something that I'm really not feeling or I really don't want to do and I've exercised that muscle before and it's going to help me get through it. Like that's why I that's think. That's a really good perspective. But it's not It's, it's not still hard. But yeah, but yeah. You, I think it's something to that though. Like you kind of put a little deadline for yourself too where you're like, I'm willing to trudge through the muck yeah. but not forever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. You've <laughs> uplifted me. Totally. From my day that started at 6 a.m. nonstop. And I, and I knew, I was like, this is, this is just going to give me the energy that I need. It always does. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the energy this is exchange. So fun. Where yeah, do people follow you? Me. Where do they check um, you out? So on Instagram, we have at bar underscore say so mm-hmm. for kind of the local Cincinnati stuff. Yep. Um, and then at Guilfoyle and Wolfson, mm-hmm. which you can look at your podcast to yep. see how to spell uh, yep, that. Yep, yep. I won't I'll do it. D- I'll it's impossible. It. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but we do like we try to keep up with some of our like design stuff and share and you know honestly just visit the things. website. It's beautiful and the careers you can just really get into the career story and look at their projects. I I thank spent, you for I reading spent, that. Oh, I, I spent like an hour on the website. I, I love very, it. Very into the blog. There's a blog. Uh, like, <laughs> um, anything else guys no thank no. you yeah thank you so much for having appreciate us. it yeah. everyone thanks for listening follow at what the fit podcast share to your socials and go get a drink at say so and hopefully i'll see you there see ya.